0: Children of all ages, the World Decade Radio presents the greatest hotass in the world, the marketer Samuel Plan, the devil's advocate Shinobi, the lunatic king Marek, and single-syllable Mother, the right side of the pond. And of course, if you're not down with that, we
1: get fired! Sup, lords of pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is
2: Friday, and we've just had the superstar shake-up. Uh, as you've just heard, that was Mazza, I'm Maverick, and Plan is here too. Hello. So the three amigos are reunited once again to talk all things WWE. Uh, WrestleMania is well and truly in rearview mirror now, but it seems as if we're very much in a holding pattern. There are literally no stories going on right now at all uh, because they just spent five hours of TV moving people around and then a couple more hours on the Internet uh, posting that some more people have moved around. So I dare say this being an episode of The Right Side of the Pond, we'll get to some uh, slagging off of the brand split at some point or another. Um, But first of all, let's just have a look at the, the big headlines. We'll see what you guys think about some of these moves so i guess the biggest one jump right out us is is swapping roman reigns and aj styles around uh, that one seemed to make a lot of sense to me i don't know what you guys thought
0: i thought it was a very positive move i think aj <laughs> styles in particular needed a, a, a desperately needed a change of scenery actually uh it seemed like he completely ran out of stuff to do on on the blue show uh, i think roman reigns probably still had plenty he could have done on on raw but it it feels refresh everything the thing is and I, I, obviously his his absence was was not something that we would have wanted to have seen but it it's i think he's it, having come back from that fight which you know to have won it it's incredibly inspiring and then the way that he was offered a, a or was given a kind of a feature mid card match at wrestlemania felt refreshing and it to me it made a lot of sense to move him over to smackdown and to, to continue that that feeling of his entire character and and kind of uh role in the company being completely refreshed from um from having returned so uh, and of course you know it puts on the table what i think is 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 the ultimate dream match for this current generation of wrestlers and um something that it could could if it if it went to wrestlemania you're following the footsteps of you know H- hogan versus warrior brett versus Sean Austin versus rockin being and I talked about this on seid and it being uh, the 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 sort of the biggest match that was that was entirely indicative of the dominant ring style of the day which is of course seth rollins versus aj styles Matt, any
1: thoughts on uh, on those two switching freshers up aj who's needed it for a hell of a long time there over on SmackDown since he's been champion, you know. And Reigns, I just think it's... in. I, I like the idea now, with Dean going, of keeping Rollins and, and Reigns apart for a bit, actually. I like that idea. We've got, you know, a potential big Rollins versus AJ match maybe at SummerSlam you know, to build to, which should be fantastic. Reigns over on the other side, um you know, you, you possibly do see him running through people, but, you know, if, if we have round two of rolling uh, Reigns and Brian at some point down the line as well, that could be very interesting. I think what strikes
2: me about the whole thing is it reminds me a little bit of when Batista went over to SmackDown, like back in the, you know, back in the original brand split, because of course they made that big decision that no, Cena was going to be their kind of their, their guy, their big guy. Um, even though it looked like after 21, you know, Batista was the bigger of the two, for whatever reason, they they kind of decided that Cena was the the corporate guy they would get behind, and it really I think on SmackDown gave Batista a lot of a lot more license to kind of be himself and. Yeah, I think you've said a lot recently, Plan, on a lot of episodes we've talked about, that he kind of established himself as a, a top guy that almost because he wasn't seen I felt like a bit of an alternative. And he obviously did some really good work with Edge and with Undertaker uh, on that side of things. And I think, as Maz just said, Reigns being on a brand with Brian can be no bad thing. Um, on a brand with Joe again is no bad thing. Uh, obviously, balla's crossed over with him. We'll get to him in a second. So there's lots of stuff going on there for, for Reigns. Um,
0: well, I, think, I think on the on the note about Joe, I think Joe's set to move to Raw uh, from what I've been reading. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I, I, one one major positive of it, I think, is that it immediately feels like we've got some desperately needed sense of, of of roster position among the current guys now in the sense that you've Rollins on one show and Reigns on the other. And just for that move for them both being on because it's kind of how Ambrose was positioned in the earliest, you know, days of this second brand extension. And it and it feels like that's been you know, I mean I've spoken endlessly on this show about the need for them to try and organise some roster position and give a clear sense of who the top current guys are. And it feels like Reigns moving to SmackDown now, Rollins is universal champion Right, It feels like they've cemented that and I, I hope they sort of reinforce it over the next year that that's the case. I so think it could be these these are the guys we're running with. And and you've got Styles on Roman Bryan on SmackDown sort of, you know, to to, to help pin them up as it were.
1: Uh what well, yeah, what I was gonna say is I think it could be good for Reigns as well, because you know, obviously he's he's in this grace period at the moment, but you know, a lot of booking like Uh, he had overdrew at Wrestlemania few of those that's going to disappear sooner rather than later and I think being on Smackdown you know probably helps his golden boy image so he's not you know Vince's Vince's guy on Raw running through Raw I think being on Smackdown might just help that a little bit bit of goodwill and i think
2: the only thing that worries me a little bit about the reigns thing is that they've again tried to do this thing where he's anti-authority in that he comes out interrupts elias who's who vince is saying is his anticipated signing he beats up elias he beats up vince um and it it was a bit like if that had happened before his illness then people would have really jumped all over that and said, oh, my God, what are they doing? They're trying to they're trying to force him down our throats by pretending they're not forcing him down our throats. And, you know, who would believe that he would not be Vince's chosen one, et cetera, et cetera. So they need to tread carefully there. I think if it's just the one off that he just punched Vince on the, you know, on one show and then they leave it at that. I, I don't think it does too much harm. But if they if they yeah. try and make it a thing, I think that could get messy.
0: I'm not too worried on that front. It struck me as just a, a one-off thing because they, they, you know, they did the whole tease on social media, didn't they? The biggest acquisition in, in SmackDown Live history, and then they teased it with Elias, and it was kind of like, how do you, um, you know, how do you have Roman come out and him not punch Vince if Vince is in the ring? So I, I'm not too worried about that. I don't think it's going to become a running team, though, with Shane now as a as a heel. Uh, there is there is the danger that we're going to end up with Roman Reigns versus Shane McManus. Oh, my support. word. <laughs> that one, my God. Can you imagine?
2: The problem is, because that Miz match at WrestleMania was pretty palatable, that almost, like, do you know what I mean? Like, in some ways, you're better off that match being disgusting because terrible, yeah. because because then, you know, there wouldn't have been as much justification. But now he's actually had a pretty good match with Miz. It's a bit like that. But then again, I'm hoping that this... Shane McMahon bullying ring announcers thing is about as far as it goes for a little bit. Like he can just be the authority figure and we can leave it at that. Um, All right. So let's have a look at some of the other people. Now, uh, we've just talked a little bit about the Finn-Joe situation. I said last week... The big problem with the brand extension this time around has been the uncertainty about what titles belong on what show. Do titles move with the superstar? Do titles stay on show? Uh, Because, of course, two years ago you had that bizarre thing where, you know, um, you you had uh, Wyatt, I think, moving to Raw, but wrestling Orton in the house of horrors and then you had Jericho who was meant to be moving or Owens was meant to be moving, I don't remember which way around and they were still wrestling over the US title Um, it it was just one of those really kind of messy periods of time wasn't it that that didn't really define what the rules were and in sending Balor over to um, Smackdown but then not actually explicitly sending Joe to Raw at the same time uh, it kind of, again, raises that kind of murkiness in the kayfabe for me.
0: Well, I think that, the, that from what I've read, Joe was meant to be in a segment with Braun Strowman on Raw this week and then for whatever reason couldn't make it to the show and so they had to rewrite it and then they decided to hold off on on his turning up uh, next week or, or some such. So I, to be fair to WWE, the impression I get from reading around it is that they fully intended for Joe and Finn to make the explicit Swap this week, um and then sort of mitigating circumstances. um <clears throat> Excuse me, it kind of uh, curtailed that. But uh, I mean, generally speaking, you, you know, I'm you know, full well that I'm in agreement that the whole kind of uh, shake up thing isn't particularly. And I spoke about it on on sports entertainment this week, talking about the importance of of world building when it comes to things like this, because you know, you kind of go well. All right, the Usos are on on SmackDown now, and Finn Balor's on. Uh, sorry, the Usos are on Raw now, and Finn Balor's on on SmackDown now. But you know, I know for a fact that whenever WWE fancy it, because Preston is there, Finn will turn up on Raw anyway. And there's no real ex- sense of of who's responsible for the swaps. There's no Yeah, that, that's one one question I was runs. going to ask.
1: What well, how, how, how are the swaps made?
0: Yeah, how and are and
1: they? What, I, mean, what, I don't what, know. I've not watched uh, TV this week, so they might have said something. They haven't said anything, no. No, I mean that's you, you know just and some what, what, random generator somewhere. Yeah, Sa- same one that, that gives people new names, I guess.
0: Quite. Yeah, absolutely. And what I mean, what I said on Wednesday's show is that it's it's kind of like you don't you don't have to dedicate. You know, minutes of TV time to explaining that, but if, if you if you do the world building adequately enough and you just let it sit there in the background, and, then things take on a level of consistency. And so when Finn does move to SmackDown, it actually has a bit of weight to it and it feels like it means something. You don't have to spend that 30 minutes of TV time explaining who's making the swaps, you just have to somewhere put it out there in the ether, ether and, and just stick to that rule. Well,
2: Bob, I,
0: well I think if that's all you need
2: to say. Well, I said this to uh, Imp on Twitter when he was writing his column on this, is that in the past, it was always very clear in the kayfabe what was happening, because it was supposed to be a draft lottery, uh, which is a concept borrowed from basketball, and, and and. you know, therefore, you know, that whole thing that time, the debate and switch was seen at that time when he was supposed to be going to SmackDown, but they didn't, and and that sort of stuff towards the end of the, the previous brand split. You know, of course, the really big moment when Cena did get drafted to Raw in, like, 06 or whatever. And, and you know, like, it, it was pretty well established that so that was the process. And actually, this time around, um, it was presented, to start with, as being... Uh, Brian and Angle on the phone to each other negotiating swaps. Um, and, and that, again, works perfectly well. But the, the reason why they've messed it up this time is because they've gone and said, right, no more GMs. That's it. It's just <laughs> it's just the McMahons now. And and it's, you know, it's it's all, the, the fans are really in charge. And then, of course, what do they do? They have Shane and Steph come out but then Shane and Steph don't know who's moving brands seemingly because they're just kind of there in the ring um, and, and didn't know that Miz was going to show up. And it's just, it's just really um, sloppy. And I think what it shows to me is they, they think that their audience don't care about, about these fine details and they'll just kind of go, Oh right, that guy's moved. But of course, like, as you say plan like in any sort of adequate um fictional world of any kind you know there's at least a kind of background awareness of why things happen and and i think that's that's been been badly missed this time around um so it it felt like um, a damp squib to say the least because it was just literally people's music hitting and people walking out
1: and well, that just is isn't it. very good TV um, even the storyline continuity guy wouldn't have saved that
0: yeah and what I, I mean, what I tweeted out because obviously there was a lot of people upset over the name change for the war raiders when they turned up and stuff and that was sort of the predominant conversation as I woke up on Tuesday morning after Aurora dead and you know the, the point that I tweeted out was look all right, fair enough, if, if that bothers you. What bothers me more is the fact that there were 14 different swaps by the end of Monday Night Raw, and I didn't care about a single one of them, really. I mean, AJ on Raw is kind of cool, but it's not like it evokes uh, you know anything more of an emotional response on me other than, oh, that's cool, probably going to get AJ versus Seth at some point. And, and you want to be more excited about something like this than that. You know, you want to be... Um, you want it to light a fire under you and under the product. I mean, another another aspect to it isn't just who's making the swabs, um, but what the criteria is and, and I, behind them. And I know that they kind of said that I think somewhere in all of this, they said until the end of SmackDown, you know, people could still move or something. But not just time limits, you know, I think they benefit from putting a cap on the number of people who move because the other thing is you move so many people. It's that, too much. That it, yeah. that it gets to the point where you're like, well, why don't you just, put Raw on Tuesdays and SmackDowns on Mondays in that sense then, because you've just basically moved both rosters in their entirety almost. So uh, I think they, and, and that's something, if you remember back to the one they, the first one they did in 2004 after WrestleMania 20, they only had a certain number of, um, of picks each show. You know, they had, I can't remember how many it was. It was something like five or six that they picked out of a Tombola thing but there was a finite number of swaps that were going to happen. And I think that that's something that they need to look at as well, especially when you base Survivor Series, that concept, which I think has been successful for the show on brand versus brand, because how are you supposed to portray any sense of brand loyalty when everybody, liter- almost literally everybody is moving shows every year. I mean, particularly with AJ
2: Styles, who was so associated with SmackDown. I mean, he was Mr. SmackDown and although it's, Although it's positive that he has has moved for the benefit of freshening him up a little bit, he was probably the one character, along with Seth on Raw, that that you could say, right, this person's identity is kind of bound up with that show because he's is the house that AJ Styles built, and Monday Night Rollins on, you know, for, for, oh. for the Raw, they both seem to represent their brand in a way that maybe a lot of a lot of other people. Didn't Becky on SmackDown's another good one, but but obviously she um, is now on both shows because she's got both titles. Um, but what what kind of struck me as well is like why would Roman and Seth know that AJ Styles was moving before everybody else did? Yeah. I mean, like that was pretty bizarre. And then and just
0: and, and when when you were talking about these fine details, <clears throat> one point I think is worth making is that as I was sort of intimating earlier, you don't need to explain them on TV. But if if you're writing the show, you need to have them in mind when you're writing the show so that events play out with some degree of creative cohesion. So things like that, like you say, if you go, well, actually, there's no way Seth and Roman would know that AJ Styles is turning up. And the point that I made on SEID is that when you start posing those questions to yourself, even if it's got nothing to do with what you put on TV... Then the the you know the TV the, the shows the story they begin to write themselves just by trying to sort of figure out how these things work inside of the world that you've built. So that's a that's a key example of Seth and Roman you know somehow knowing AJ was there before anyone else before Shane and Stephanie did.
2: The other thing that comes to mind to me is that you make these swaps on uh, on Raw, so you have all these people come over from SmackDown. And that massively telegraphs what's going to happen on the other show. So, for example, last year, yeah. they had Jeff Hardy show up on Raw, which basically made it... Sorry, on SmackDown. No, hang on. way? when was it? Sorry. Somebody... Well, it was on, oh, I can't remember. Whoever, was, whoever was... Yeah, whoever was, um, whoever was IC champion at the time, Miz, I think, showed up on Raw, which meant it was obvious that Hardy was going to end up on SmackDown. And it's that sort of thing as well, like because of course with the tag titles and the mid card titles, there is a, a an obvious unwritten rule that that each show has one mid card belt and and a set of tag belts and a woman's belt and uh, and a world title, and so when the when they kind of send one of them over, it like like within this week, obviously they couldn't do the Joe. Appearance for whatever reason, but that's probably going to go down next Monday now and it means that there's no Suspense really about Smackdown because you've all you can guess from what happens on raw who's then going to go to Smackdown Um, So it's a bit of a damp squib in that sense I think it was almost better when I think they used to just do all the swaps on raw and then the Smackdown would be anyone new to Smackdown got a nice shine in a debut match essentially
1: they, they, they've they done it, you know, and I know neither of you are fans of, of, of the brand spirit in general, but they've always done this so much better than they've done it this year. Like you say, have everything done on Raw, they've made it interesting, they've had it, you know, where you've got like actual storylines. You know, no nobody's reacting to changing brands, they're just there. You know, these people have just been moved from, you know, their lives turned upside down. They're meant to have reactions to it. I mean, think of when... That, that that one back in the day where Triple H was drafted right at the start of the show and was fuming about it and you know the, the rest of the show was you know him getting was it was it Bischoff at the time to you know get him back and in tri- typical triple h fashion uh, gave up half the roster for to get him back but yeah. you know it's stuff like that you know the the year where the the drafts are based off matches you know you'd win a match for your brand and like you say come november these guys are going to be all battling for their brand and brand loyalty and most loyal people they are whereas you know today they're like oh yeah whatever you know it's i guess the other thing is it is terrible it is the worst they've done this you know there's always been some little hook or you know something interesting about it it's just this time they're like right there 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 there. done right let's carry on
2: i think it feels more insulting because of the fact
1: that they've clearly
2: been going much more down the line of um of having people appearing on both shows in the lead up to wrestlemania and of course triple h went on a press conference for mania and said he expects that to calm down um Mm. but but that's the problem when, as I think you've said this as well, Plan, right? When you open that floodgate, that precedent of people going where the hell they want, when they want, it means that automatically something like a Superstar Shake-Up isn't going to matter to most people because it's like, oh, I just started to come from SmackDown. But you'd be sure that, you know, come Survivor Series, he'll show up and say, I built this house and I'll take on anyone on this roster tonight. And the crowd will go, woo, <laughs> you know.
0: That sort of thing. Um, well, this is it, and and it doesn't help. I mean, that's... You know, the build to WrestleMania is one thing, but, you know, we, we've seen these random moves happen uh, it feels like a lot over the last year or so, particularly. Um, and without ever contextualising it, you know, Kevin Owens was a member of the Raw roster when he went on sabbatical last summer. He comes back as a member of SmackDown Live. No one ever... Mentions it on TV, no one discusses it, and you just know that Vince is sat there and he's telling the creative team. who might point that out to him. The fans aren't going to care, and maybe he's right. Maybe some of the fans don't care, but it gets noticed, and it means that even well, and even if it doesn't get noticed, it means when you get to things like you say, like like a superstar shake up, uh, and they go, okay, you know now. Uh, now we've got Alistair Black and Ricochet who've been wrestling on every brand going, they're members of the Raw roster now. You go, "Eh, well, I don't care, because if one of them gets injured in the meantime, they'll probably come back on the other show and you'll never explain it. So, you know, you get to a superstar shaker, there's no guarantee, because Kevin Owens moved to Raw in last year's shaker. Now he's on SmackDown, it's like there's no guarantee by the time you get to Survivor Series is the brand versus brand pay-per-view that any anybody who's moved shows is going to be on the show they've moved to by November because you 're just making up as you go along and when you yeah. when you when you when it when it all hangs so loosely uh n- nothing means anything anymore you know you can't you can't create a sense of consequence or cause and effect in in a, in a product that that just doesn't seem to have characters who care doesn't seem to have uh you know any rules or or any sense of logic to it um and and it's it's you know it is at uh, the bottom line is it's 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 piss poor writing it's piss poor writing like it's it's amateur writing agreed um, it's worse than fan fiction
2: well i mean i think probably quite a lot of fan fiction would be much better than uh some of the stuff that gets served up to us on uh main roster tv uh let's have a look uh, some of the other people uh, that have moved, then, and and see what we think about some of these. Um, so we've we've mentioned the war raiders a little bit already, or as they are now to be known, um, the Vi- the Viking experience. Um, Excellent. I mean, what's bizarre is I just watched NXT uh, an, an hour or so ago, and um, they got this great bit where they they have a backstage interview uh with the street profits wearing war raiders t-shirts yeah. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later there's like a sort of um you know like overdubbed bit where uh, they show the NXT people that have moved up to the main roster and with McGinnis talking over it and going like the NXT tag champions the viking experience are now on raw it's just like it's, they can't even get the continuity within their own show because think what like obviously the name is dumb and it's like another example of like unnecessary tinkering and all the rest of it but but i think what what was most strange is that he brought them up in the first place like, i think that's what people aren't talking about like these are the nxt tag team champions but they can't the main roster without their nxt tag belt so it's not like they've done the the kevin owens thing um and they clearly are, are going to have a storyline with those belts up until the next takeover. When I've assumed that they would drop them, um, but on the meantime, they're on main roster TV. They may or may not get time to establish themselves and you know go for the titles on Raw. It just again, it much like the Black and Ricochet, Gargano champer. Set of call ups that happen randomly after Fastlane. It's another example of not really thinking through your NXT call ups very
1: well. No, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's pretty much par for the course, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah, it's bizarre. It it it's strange. You you've brought them up again. There's no reason as to why. If you've got someone picking, you know, if you've got Stephanie saying I want these guys on Raw, you're immediately, you know immediately work your way out of that but again it, it's just all random there seems to be no no kind of logic behind it and you know you change their name you do all this it obviously wasn't planned out in advance because i'm sure they would have sorted that out on, um, for the mxt as well exactly you know, yeah and you- it's just It's just poor all around. I mean, I don't don't care about the name. I think it's one of those things that just happens all the bloody time. It's stupid. But, you know, we grew up with a guy called Randy Savage. You know, what what am I going to say? WWE names are WWE names. And within, within a month, you know, nobody will think twice about what they're called anymore, I don't think. But I also think they're probably on the path to be the next ascension.
2: I wouldn't go that far
1: because he essentially couldn't wrestle when
2: these guys can. Um, but,
0: but like, I mean, the the the, the name change reminds me of uh, Fang McFrost and Chili McFreeze when uh, Stone Cold suggested he wanted to change his character in the in the Midnighters and they gave him that that infamous list of things like Ice Dagger and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just. I think it's just it's tremendously WWE. I can't help but get a bit of a kick out of it, the Viking experience. Um, but like Mazza said, I mean, it's part of the course, isn't it, at this point that, you, that they, they make these NXT call-ups, no plan. And it's, it's a shame that they've done it to uh, the Viking experience, the War Raiders, whatever you may want to call them, because, um, you know, Alistair Black and Ricochet were called up. It felt like there was no real plan there. They kind of fell into this, this tag team, and they've made it work. Uh, And it's and I would have liked to have seen them get some space as a tag team from, you know, the hot young NXT tag team to have come up. Uh, And then you immediately then introduce on the same show, no less, um, whatever the hell they're called now. Uh, And and, you know, it's hard to see where they fit in. It's hard to see where they're going to slot in.
2: And I think the thing is, is that the, the whole point of that NXT TakeOver match was that it was Ricochet and Black's farewell match, and they got the big emotional farewell from the crowd only for the guys who sent them <laughs> hacking to show up on Raw like a week later. Oh, just, mate, my breath. Uh, Like, exactly. It's a bit like, oh, I mean, you know, I mean, there was that great um, Vince I'm Googling. Now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. There was that great Vince Googling uh, account um which which said uh which posted the picture of ricochet crying it says is ricochet crying because he has to go to raw now <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't make a, a great deal of sense now i I hope they, they they make it work because they are very they're a very talented team um but the problem is with with all main roster tag wrestling is it It blows so hot and cold as to whether the company are taking tag wrestling seriously or not, you know, like you have these these pockets, these periods like New Day versus Usos, the bar versus uh, the New Day. You know, we've had some good tag team wrestling on the main roster, um, but we've also had some periods where it goes through these kind of fallow times, you know, where you've got like a a joke team with the, the tag belts on Raw right now. Um, and everyone would thought, you know, the rabbi would just take them back straight away, and that hasn't happened. And now you've introduced these new guys, and it's a bit like, well, I mean, who knows, really? Now, so yeah, that, that was certainly an odd one for me. Um, let's let stick with the theme of call ups then, because um, we've got Kyrie Sane, uh arriving on SmackDown. Um, but the the, the pro- I mean, of course, what they've now done is is. I mean, this is just so bizarre to even think about this. So um, they've done the thing where they just put people together because they happen to have the same ethnicity. So it's like Japanese tag team number one uh, on a WWE create a tag team thing. So Asuka is going to be with Kairi Sane managed by Paige, which I mean, you know, Paige is kind of backstage going, hey, I've got this new tag team. They tease it being absolution and then it's not. And it's instead this. Kyrie and Asuka have got nothing in common with each other, like personality-wise, or, or any sort of move set-wise. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense other than the fact they're both Japanese. And I just think it's it's an insult to what Asuka's achieved
1: to do that to her as well. Then again, you know, you know, take take away the ethnicity and the probably obvious racial undertones from Vince in the idea, you know. Black and Ricochet, you know, it, it it could work very well in that way. They, they they could work very nicely if we are getting some... If they are going to put some stock in the women's tag wrestling, which I'm sure will end up being very much the same as, you know, the men's belts in that they'll blow hot and cold on it. Sure. But, you know, if... I mean, you know, Asuka's got royally shafted in the build-up to that, that triple threat. However, you know... If it's something interesting for her to do, I think it's it could be fun. Yeah, uh, it could be some good tag matches in there. Who knows? We might see a real real good team between them.
0: Yeah, I mean it's better for us to be doing something than doing nothing, which is what she was doing until she was doing this. So, um, in that sense, in my mind, it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, in an ideal world, she'd already be challenging Becky again for the SmackDown Women's Championship. But that's, I guess, neither here nor there. Um, the ethnocentric thing is, is nothing new in WWE, it's a shame that it can't be something old either um, Kairi Sane on the main roster, I mean to be honest I'm just so relieved that we're away from Sasha and Bayley and Naya and Tamina with those tag team championships now and for them to be on the Iconics is great and if the Iconics are first going to be defending them against Carrie and Asuka who are you know, obviously great in ring talents then then cool stuff um, I think the, the tag team match at WrestleMania was very, very kind of rough around the edges to the point of being almost sloppy at times. And so hopefully Kyrie and Asuka can bring a bit of polish to it. I mean, you know,
1: and as- Asuka's got previous with the Iconics as well, as actually from, from NXT? Yeah. Um, some very interesting stuff between them there. And, you know, I, I, I like Sane coming up, not necessarily because she's the best option from NXT, but I think she brings something different to the women's division up top. Uh-oh. yeah i mean i
2: think what everyone's asking is if she's got an established tag team with 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 io shirai uh down in in nxt um like and neither of their english is great i guess kyrie's english is a little bit better than than shirai's but you could have just brought them up together I mean and like I know that Shirai's not been in NXT as long and has got more to do and seems like she's transitioning to be Baszler's next challenger but you could have brought them both up at the same time if you'd wanted to um particularly if you know if if Sasha is going to go and the and obviously Bailey and her have been split up in the bra- in the brands uh draft anyway or the sh- shake up anyway so the the Boston hub connection are no more thank god some people would say um I'd be one of them <laughs> so yeah it's 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 gonna be interesting I mean I think the iconics are doing a a tremendous job for their part like the backstage bit where they um walked up and and took the piss out of uh out of Bailey you know like sort of asked where <laughs> where her partner had gone was 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 brilliant trolling you can imagine how much Vince enjoyed writing that I'm pretty sure Vince personally wrote that segment actually um yeah. Uh, let's have a let's have a look at, at, at sort of some of the other people uh, that have switched. About let's have a look at the um, Andrade to Raw. Um, now, this is um, I think I, I think my reaction was this is probably a good thing in the sense that he wasn't being used on SmackDown, and maybe switching brands will you know kind of give him a bit of a shot in the arm and and just keep him prominent again. And obviously, like, having a, a, a nice competitive match with Finn on your first, um, you know, on your first night on Raw is no bad thing.
1: I mean, that's the thing. When I first saw that result, and, you know, it's like, wow, big things. You know, they're giving him that initial push. They've had him go over the IC champ. He, he won the match, right, didn't he? Yeah. Or am I? Yeah. You know, having him go over the IC champ is he, a big deal. But then you wonder... What's next for him? Maybe he's going to be, a, you know, an early, uh, early challenger at a Seth, which, you know, that'd be very fun. But, um, yeah, when you, when you have that happen and then you immediately stumble across the roadblock that was there on SmackDown, in that, you know, you don't see him wrestling the mid-card champion. because if it's going to be Joe, as, you know, we we're all assuming, he's... In the exact same place he was over on the blue brand, then. So you know, that said, I look forward to seeing you know some of the different matchups he can have. You know, André, Andrade versus Rollins is going to be fun, I'm sure. You know, if it's not going to be a program at some point over over the next few months, you know, they'll they'll throw it away on TV pretty soon, and I'm sure it'll be fantastic.
2: We well, you know Money in the
1: Bank's coming up,
2: and Andrade strikes me as somebody that. Could benefit from from that briefcase in the sense that Zelina could do some really really good work, uh, hyping him up with that briefcase. I mean, just think about Del Rio and uh, you know, and God, what was his ring to cause I forgot. Ricardo Rodriguez. <laughs> Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah, like you know, when when he had that 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 briefcase, and I think that's the thing with Andrade is that obviously clearly he still needs, he needs Selena to do a lot of, a lot of his talking for him. Um, And actually I think him having the briefcase and her talking up the fact he has the briefcase uh, would be really nice because then there's no pressure on him. Just keep him with that briefcase, keep the threat hovering. And then when you are ready to pull the trigger on him, I mean, imagine him cashing in on Seth after an exhausting match with AJ Styles or something like that. And then, uh, you know, you could have AJ, AJ Seth, Andrade triple threat, you can have Andrade v Seth, Andrade v AJ, like then you just got like a load of great matches to take you into the autumn.
0: Well the problem with that theory, Mav is that if Andrade cashed in on Seth he would lose.
2: Perhaps. Perhaps he was. Um <laughs> But yeah, actually, no, think about it. Andrade is my guy now. So that's 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 it. Like our, our rivalry can resume over Andrade uh, and so, uh,
0: yeah, now dean has got I think I think to be honest, what's lunatic
1: fringe in Spanish? Well,
0: I, <laughs> yeah. I would uh, I would be filled with a little anxiety if Andrade ended up with the briefcase just because of the. The previous they have in trying to establish someone new via money in the bank, it's it's failed a lot more than it's ever succeeded. Um, and I would, I think, I'd rather him, I'd rather see him in a proper title feud, you know, a proper program opposite Seth. Um, I, I mean, the, the exciting thing is, like Mazza said, even if it, even if it doesn't result in a world title match, even if it doesn't result in a proper feud or anything like that, the fact that they're both on the same show means at some point they are going to wrestle. Um like there's no way in this environment in w w e you go till next year superstar shake up at least without them ever coming into contact with one another, and when they do wrestle it's gonna be just absolutely sickeningly good i imagine oh yeah, um i mean certainly the prospect of a triple threat with a j in there as well would would make people's faces melt i'm sure absolutely um, yeah, but I think andrade has a it's a good move for him because I felt like he was he was and it feels weird saying it's a good move for him because I was about to say it felt like he was getting a little lost in the shuffle on SmackDown. If anything, Raw is obviously a busier show, but extra know, hour there it, isn't feels, there, it feels, it feels when you, it, I don't know, it just seems to fit somehow. It's it's there I, I get what space you're saying. There for yeah. him.
1: It seems, I think you've got a lot of those mid-card guys on SmackDown, whereas, you know, here I think he may have that chance. I don't think there's quite as many there on Raw, and, you know, probably of those mid-card guys, there's probably less who are, you know, as good a worker as he is, you know, whereas SmackDown was full of really good mid-card workers. The yeah. only, obviously the only um, storm cloud... I mean, out... when, his,
0: when his biggest when his biggest rivalries. Uh, when his biggest rivals for that spot are going to be Baron Corbin and Bobby Bloody Lashley, then you've got to think that he's he's quizzing. <laughs> I mean, I, the only,
2: of course, the only Storm Clouds is this report that's come out that they're yeah. considering a uh, a Mexican stable with um, Mysterio and uh, Sin Cara, um, which would be a, hor- a horrible idea because, of course, what everyone really needs in their life is a heel Rey Mysterio.
0: Well who said it'd be a heel stable.
2: Well it's the thing though, isn't it? Like Andrade is a face. Uh, uh. Uh, I mean I can't see it personally right now. Um just yeah, mr a bad idea. I hope it's one of those reports that actually, you know, is laid all rubbish and comes to nothing. Um because I just don't think it'll I don't think it'll work. Um but yeah, so I don't
0: see I don't see what role it would play in the show.
2: No, me neither. Me neither. It's just another one of those ethnocentric things we were talking about earlier on, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's have a look then. Um, some tag teams moved over, so of course the Usos have come to Raw and Gable and uh, Rude have moved over to SmackDown. Is it um, both
0: of them? I thought it was just Oh, Gable? was it just Gable?
2: Oh, it is. So. Oh, right. So that tag team is officially no more. That's interesting. Now, the one thing I will say about that is that I felt for a long time that, that I, I find it bizarre that Bobby Roode isn't isn't in the main event scene of, of either show. I just don't think they have that much talent they can afford to I- ignore somebody of his stature. So if, if it results in him, him vs. Seth, I'd be all over that match, for example. Um, but anyway, like, let's have a look at the USOs on Raw then. What do we think about that? I mean, they were probably due a move as well. I, again, have been at SmackDown from the very start, really.
0: I think it's it's beneficial if nothing else to get them away from the bloody New Day.
1: Yeah, I mean, even they were probably yeah yeah. we can't even be bothered to, to fight anymore. There you go, you can win this one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> very true. But I think it's... I think that's a slight misrepresentation of why they did it, but.
1: Well, <laughs> you know what I mean It's...
0: Um, a, a Revival stayed? Yes uh, Well, that's
1: all I care about g- g- Give me Revival versus Usos Give me it with plenty of time You know, and You know, then if You want to release them and they can go to AEW Fine, you know They sign your contracts Revival, I mean, not Usos Oh, okay um, Yeah, I mean, Usos aren't going anywhere They're going to be Vince's boys for for a long time, and they're going to be a big part of the uh, the tag scene, you know, whether it goes up or down. But yeah, we we need to get that one with the revival before that all goes uh, all goes Sasha.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I think
1: I think I don't think the revival are going anywhere personally. Um, I don't
2: I don't really I don't really think. Um uh, their style is really AEW's style, from what I understand. Um. Anyway, let's uh. Let's. So what else have we got? So uh, in terms of the women, um, I, I guess we've got Bailey on SmackDown now. Ember Moon on SmackDown now. Now Ember Moon over there is a good thing for me because again, she's somebody very talented who has essentially had the chance to do nothing. Uh, on the main roster since she's been there, so I would, I mean, I would love like a challenger of the month, Ember Moon v Becky Lynch, um, program at some point. I think that'd be really, really good.
0: Well, it's already looking like they might do, isn't it? They've had a bit of interaction on social media and on SmackDown already. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the prospect of Ember and Charlotte having a, a program with each other as well. well. I agree with you. I think Ember Moon SmackDown is a, is a fantastic. Uh, a fantastic move. Maybe she'll get to show what she can do now. Uh, she's got previews with Asuka as well, of course, and I would love to yeah. see them revisit that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Liv Morgan um, has been split up from her Riot Squad uh, buddies. She has gone over to SmackDown. Um, that felt a bit spiteful to me. Um, like, I didn't see any reason to split up the Riot Squad's Particularly,
1: other than to cover that cave babe thing, if anybody can get moved, um... yeah, I think it's pretty. That's pretty much the reason for it, and it's the only time they've done anything about it. But yeah, uh, you know, our Riot squad have become the job squad essentially, haven't they, poor ladies? Because uh, they, you know, I like them. I like all three of them. I think they're they're a good little team. They they, they work well, you know. But we'll see what what Liv can do on her own. But I'm not particularly convinced it's a great deal and what that means for uh sarah logan and, and ruby riot you know i mean ruby will be all right i'm sure in well, the in sarah's the answer, gonna but, sarah's gonna
2: end up as part of the Viking experience and she?
1: yeah could, could very well it might it might be a good idea And I, you know I I, I I do like sarah logan as well but you know i think the problem with them is they they did come up pretty green logan and and um Logan and Morgan. And, yeah, they've... They've... Yeah. Uh, let, let them fly on their own. I think it... it yeah, you know, I've changed my mind talking about it. Let them fly on their own and see what they can do. You I mean, know? I think Morgan... Remember when we all said, you know, oh, it's far too soon for Alexa to be coming up. And look what happened there. So, who knows? I mean, I think Morgan is is what we were describing earlier on. She
2: is something a bit different. You know, she's quirky... She's good looking, like, you know, she's kind of, um, yeah, she's kind of bratty. Like she's got, she could develop quite an interesting character. Like if she can uh, develop in the ring a little bit, like she could end up being a bit of a star, you know? I mean, even if like the only thing she's doing is is jumping through the ropes and sticking a a, a blue tongue out, like it's showing a bit of personality. So, I mean, it it might work out for her.
0: If I was her, I'd be watching as much Alexa Bliss tape from 2016 as I could.
2: Yeah. Um, but Alexa Bliss, of course, um, back from injury, back from her concussions. Um, and it looks like uh, she is going to get herself a nice little push again based on her, you know, basically squashing Bailey, uh the other week, still doing Moment of Bliss, which is a terrible. Like, what, what are they doing, to making her do that? Um but yeah like she she obviously is back on the uh, back in the title scene as well which can only be a good thing um all right let's talk Lacey Evans then um, who is apparently uh now officially on raw um she had a, a match with Natty uh, after you know a bit of like basically everyone at the moment is just coming out and saying to Becky Lynch, you got two belts I want one of them and she's just kind of like yeah whatever and then the, uh, other, the and then the other women just fight over it uh so natty and lacy had a match uh it was i mean doc said to me how was the match and i was like well it was about as as, as decent as you could reasonably expect an ice cold match against natty to be um but you know lacy showed a little bit in the ring um did a mirror saw. i mean why not um <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the, the problem is, and I think, you know, uh, to be fair to him, Tito's kind of right on this one is that, you know, introducing new characters and immediately putting them on in for a world title, um, historically has rarely been successful. Uh, and I guess that's the problem with it more than anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of liked Evans from the start, but it's silly to do this, but you know, if it's. Again, it's the old uh, ex-Puck Corbin Heat, as it's probably now known. Um, You know, she's getting a bit of that. And, you know, it gets a reaction, at least, in the short term. But where does it go in the long term? Particularly when you've got a nice long queue of experienced ladies who could uh, be doing something here for for, for those belts, for those titles, for Becky. Uh, I don't see what there is to gain from it. You know, I really don't.
0: I just don't care enough to pass comment. I don't
1: care.
0: <laughs> hey, it's, it's planned
1: back to divas, uh, mentality <laughs> of 2013.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's it 2014 or I say no, it's gosh, I mean, I was, I would forget that, like that classic line of plans. We were talking about, like, Joey said something about like the, the, the women's division and plan said, it's not a division. <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Um, so, do why, why that stuck my memory so much. Um, uh, right, who else we've got <laughs> coming up. Now, okay, I guess one of the most significant things is people who didn't uh, show up, who we might have expected to. So no Pete Dunne, no. Which, which seemed to be like a, a fate accompli, really, like based on on how the water match went and, and based on uh, Triple H's comments to the press. Uh, it seemed like the most obvious time possible to bring him in, uh, whether to Raw uh, or to SmackDown, and yet he's not appeared. Um, now, I've not watched NXT uh, UK yet, but I understand from having seen a few things about the tapings that uh, him and Walter are due to have a rematch. Um, no automatic rematches except if it's Pete Dunne. Um But yeah, I mean, what do we think about that? Because be it, fair, it, it seemed be like an obvious thing to do, to right?
0: To be fair, Mav, they're not automatic rematches, they're just rematches now. So yeah. there's, there's that. Um, they only have them, but they're not automatic. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a bit of a strange one. Uh, were we living in any other time period? I might have said, I wonder whether they'll ever move him up to the main roster. Given the time period we're living in, I would expect he's going to randomly show up at the main roster any time within the next three to four months at a point at which they feel like they need to do some kind of stunt that week or a point in which they, the mood just takes them to do it. Uh, and, you know, we'll all be sat and going, well, why didn't you just do it during the Superstar Shake-Up?
1: Maybe they think they still need um, his star power on NXT UK for a little bit. Maybe uh, You know, that's the only thing I can think of. Maybe they just want him to keep dragging that show along for a little bit more um you know maybe maybe dabbles a bit in nxt you know us as well as he you know tends to do Uh, i uh it's hard to say Uh, have we had another taping for the uh for the uk lot yeah
2: they've done tapings um so I mean, basically, it's it's. I'm going to watch the show straight after this, but I think, uh, like Jordan Devlin is 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 angling for a match against Walter now, saying, "Well, you know, Pete Dunn's had his chance," and you know, uh, Johnny Saint's like, "Oh, I have to consider what's going to happen and, and all the rest of it." So, but it looks like it's heading towards a Pete Dun Walter rematch.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, probably it was a you know, again one of those really good critical matches that everyone loved. So you know, there's you know, there's that. Let's do that again. Uh but, you know, it's one of those things you could have done anywhere, couldn't you? You could have moved um you could have moved done on and 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 still done that. Yeah know? exactly. That's the thing is you could have still had him uh do one more
2: set of UK tapings while and then stick him on on, on SmackDown, for example. Like there's no yeah. reason why you couldn't have done that so i'm i'm, I'm guessing have been to
1: change his name to the vegan brummy experience if you wanted to you um, know, it's just okay, it's, yeah, no. it's a, sh- it's, a, it's, a sh- it's a shame
2: it's a shame isn't it like that that they haven't taken that opportunity but maybe they're thinking <laughs> uh, around summer slam uh they, they'll try and do it then um who knows but it does seem like he's done everything uh, that he co- he possibly could have done really um uh, over there but i mean and on xt as well he's been in a war games match you know he's been on he's been on, a, on two takeovers and or maybe even three takeovers in the us he's been on um one in the uk he's been on all the uh the uk exclusive like um special events the tournament and that random one that did in norwich that time so yeah it seems like he's done everything he could possibly do so the sooner he comes up I think the better because you're kind of in danger then of, of Sami Zayning him a little bit, and you know Sami Zayn was yeah. was the soul of NXT for such a long time, and I think Johnny Gargano, you can make this argument for now a little bit as well. You know, is they there's so much associated with that show that when they come up, they're going to feel like they're not in the right place anymore. Um, so um, speaking, of Sami Zayn, uh, interesting uh, ongoing. Heel turn, um which seems to be based around fans being armchair critics. Now we've seen this kind of thing before a little bit. Um but I haven't minded how it's played out so far, I have to say.
0: There is no known force in heaven or on earth that could ever make me give two shits about anything Sami Zayn does. Never changed, Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, I'm kind of surprised, you know. Apart from from wrestling, Seth, obviously.
1: I mean, you wouldn't have thought it would be Zayn that came back as the heel and Owens back as the face, would you? Uh, you Yeah, I can't, you know, you're just waiting for Owens to turn, really. And, you know, Zayn, it's just, it don't seem right. But, you know, again, if he is going to be heel for a little bit, you've got a nice little program, again, with Seth in there that should be quite fun.
0: Especially because one of the things that was uh, kind of an underlying um, wasn't at the forefront of it all, but it was kind of it kind of bubbled away under the surface of the whole uh, Rollins Lesnar thing was the the idea because he always used the pronoun we rather than me, and there was very much a sense of of um, you know again they didn't do it overly explicitly, thank God, because they it's awful when they do. It was wasn't shown in the Click Two Point but it, there was a very strong sense of of Seth wrestling, uh, with a sense of of you know uh, uh, sort of strong, uh, palpable fan support, and obviously it's those same fans that this new Sami Zayn character is now sort of targeted. So there's a there's a there's a there's immediately kind of a a, a line to join those two dots together. Um, and to be fair, you know, putting aside my, my uh, overstated cynicism from a moment ago, um, I think Sammy would, would present, uh, again, you know, a really good challenger of the month scenario uh, for Seth as Universal Champion. And that was, again, something I spoke of on SEID was the kind of title reign I hope Seth has. And I think the IC title reign sort of shows how effectively he can work in in that challenger of the month type Uh, title reign, you know, and and we've already sort of mentioned how many of these returning or newly acquired Raw stars present interesting opportunities for him as champion and and interesting because that's why I think Seth is such a perfect choice to be carrying that championship is that he's he's one of, if not the, uh, quite by accident, I'm willing to say, most sort of fleshed out three-dimensional character that they've got because of the journey that that character's been on with sort of Triple H and Brock Lesnar and the IC title and everything like that. Uh, And so it makes it so much easier for these other characters like a Sami Zayn or an Andrade to bounce off of him in an interesting way. I
1: have one question. Does he have any sisters?
0: Oh God. Oh God. (laughs) I'd actually forgotten
1: that angle ever
2: happened and thankfully I think everybody else has too. Now look, what I'll say about Sami Zayn here is that what you really need um for a heel turn to be effective is is proper motivation. Um and actually if you look at if you look at his journey um from being you know the most popular person in NXT to where he is now and having had a long spell-out with injury, it's got those classic things like the fans forgot about me. The fans are annoying. I didn't miss being here. I thought I would, but actually you all disgust me. Like, it's classic. It, it's classic writing, I think, for a uh, for, for a heel turn. Um, and if they do it subtly in the way they did, say, with Punk, I think it could work really well. Because, you know, one thing we never got to see when Sami Zayn was here with Kevin Owens was really Sami Zayn be his own heel he was just Kevin Owens backup the whole time and so it never really worked you know they've got they've got to properly lean into the idea of Sami Zayn in his own right you know being the 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 hero that didn't want to be a hero anymore and and stuff and I just think it, it does have potential to be really interesting I genuinely think that if they don't override it of course
0: well, that's his problem. Is he overeggs everything?
2: I don't mean him. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I mean the writing of the company. I, I
0: actually. He can't. He can't walk to the ring without overegging it. I
2: think it's. I think it's possibly a bit harsh. Like, I. I think he's. He has done uh, a good job with what he's been given so far. I would like to see them though in the near future. Let's get rid of the happy music. Let's get rid of the scar. Um. Let's give him some new ring gear. Let's kind of totally because that's the problem is that half the time they half ask these things, you know, like sure Michaels wasn't coming out dressed like the Rockers after he turned heel, You know, like the whole point is, you know, you change that person's identity. Um, and I just I just think like that was the problem with the previous one when he backed up Kevin Owens was it was just it was just the same guy. But he was helping Kevin Owens because he was his mate. And I just think it didn't work. But if this is going to work, they need to actually do it properly.
0: I'm sure Seth will carry him to a good match.
2: Uh, I mean, I,
1: I, I would look forward
2: to that. That's all I have to
0: say about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Stone Cold plan, Austin. Uh,
1: okay. Um.
2: Any other moves? We haven't talked about The Miz, I guess. That's probably the last big one um, that, that moved over. Um, I mean, it's a bit like Shane's on both shows now, so he's not getting away from Shane as such. And he had a big brawl with him. So, I mean, who who knows there, really, whether that's over or not. I hope it's What's over.
0: The brawl on, is the brawl on SmackDown? No, it's on Raw. Oh, OK. Thank God for that.
2: So, essentially, Miz uh, snuck up behind Steph and Shane um, and started going after Shane. And then uh, and then Miz hit Shane with a chair. And that was about all that happened, really.
0: The thing is, if, if they're gonna if they're gonna stick to this to this babyface Miz, they need to be very aware of, of how it hasn't worked in the past. Indeed, uh, and and Miz himself as a performer needs to stop. Good- Turning like a moron thinking that he looks intense which if yeah. it just looks like a goof when he pulls funny faces. Yeah, F- um, face miss worries me a great deal,
1: particularly when he's away from you know, Brian, which is the one thing that you might have seen working uh, certainly in a short term with him as a face miss. Seems like and Brian... the, other, the
0: other thing is, any, any notion of, of potentially returning him to his to his heel roots is, is kind of feels slim because they're already heavily stacked with mid card heels on, on raw. Um, and but I mean, the, the, the again, set it's Seth like I, I'd be excited, babyface or heel, to see Miz wrestle Seth, um, for the Universal Championship considering the pass they have last year over the Intercontinental Championship. An interesting situation there. Is that obviously coming out of WrestleMania? Seth had won the Intercontinental Championship. He was on a on a bit of a hot streak. Same situation again. This this time, uh, and except for this time, maybe Miz has a has a shot, a second shot at derailing that momentum and, and getting some semblance of of revenge on Seth. I mean, there's a, there's an interesting story to tell between those two as well. I, I do
2: think that um, face Miz is generally a bad idea. It made sense in the context of that Shane feud, but really only in the context of that Shane feud. Um, I, I don't know how long this face... I mean, the, the problem with the last face runs, it lasted way too long, right? They they persevered with it for about three years, which was three years too long. Um, so I, I think, you know, if it's a short babyface run before, you know, he kind of gets back to normal, I think that's probably the way to go. I don't know if he's going to take time off um, for any film projects or anything like that in the near future. Or in 18. Uh, yeah, if they do that, then obviously it's a good opportunity just to bring him back refreshed as a heel again. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll see. A couple of 205 guys, obviously, are coming up as well. Buddy Murphy and uh, Cedric Alexander are both going to be on the main roster following in Mustafa Ali's footsteps. Um, I mean, I, we talked at the time the Cruiserweights were first set up that actually... If it was going to mean the thing, they did need to eventually start to to, yeah. gra- to graduate some of these guys up. Um, it worked really well with Ali Murphy. I think is big enough for you know to be on the main roster in his own right anyway, really, isn't he size wise? Um, and you know Alexander. Well, I mean, it's just another decent worker. You can chuck in that mid card, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's good to see them getting getting the call ups. You know. Like you say, it it shows that there is a path out of it, which, you know, until Ali, you you really didn't think there was. You know, it didn't look like there was going to be. And, you know, we've got two more, obviously two guys that have done a good job down there with, uh, well, with with the brand and, you know, held that title. And it, it makes sense. You know, it's let's see what they can do now. Am I convinced either of them are going to make a big splash? Not overly, but, you know, you've got two guys that can wrestle fun matches in there. And let's see where it goes from that.
0: Yeah, what am I
2: saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree as well. I mean, I think, you know, ultimately, right, when they had those few weeks of Raw, when it was pretty good after that whole, you know, new era thing it was because they were putting on a few good tv matches they were keeping it simple and they weren't messing around too much with stuff that people didn't care about and actually if they can go back to that formula of ah, here's buddy murphy v um i mean who might he wrestle somebody like chad gable right great i'll watch that match all day long thank you um you know no one's suggesting that buddy murphy needs to be challenging for the world title or anything but you know he's somebody that that can add those fun matches which i think is important because television recently has been an awful lot of six six person tags and and not an awful lot else um all right so superstar shake up we've kind of talked about that at great length um We've also got, uh, of course, Bray Wyatt's buzzard puppet in a box uh, coming soon to a brand near you. Which one? What we on d-
1: earth was that? I finally d- d- saw one of those. <laughs> what? I mean, Bray's done some weird shit, but my word. I think
2: right. I know like, this might not be a popular opinion. I fucking love it. I, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love it. Like Bird in a
1: box, Sister Abigail. Hey, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 yeah, <laughs> he, he come out with a red hole, um, red hole gimmick. Now, yeah, that, that would be good. Right, we're going to lose the American listeners a bit then, that's right. Um, and we're going to lose pretty much all of our listeners who are over the age, who are under the age of 30 as well, I guess. Uh, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I, I just, somebody at the door. Just, 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 just briefly, <laughs> yeah, lost me already. You just, lost
2: just me. uh, just briefly on, on that though, like buzzing in a box. Creepy sister Abigail Dole, like bring him back to what he was to start with. I, I, you know, I, I see. Uh, I mean, I, I have, I have hope that a, a Bray Wyatt um, reboot can work. So fingers crossed they get it right, because he's too talented. Bring back, not
0: bring him, bring him back as a baby face, and it'll work, it will work wonders.
2: Iron Yeah, well, they probably need to just. They probably need to bring him back as a heel, so they can turn him face, don't no, they? Really?
0: No.
1: Was him just showing up as a babyface work, though? I don't yeah. think... I, I think we, we, we've passed the point, and I return with Bray, unfortunately. I think it's, it's done.
2: I think he's too talented to the wrestler uh, uh, for it not to work at some point.
0: Yeah. Maz has never really liked Bray Wyatt, anyway.
1: Um, I, I've never liked the gimmick, but, you know, what they've done with it, it's just, you know, who's going to care? Who's gonna hit? I think he's been away long enough.
2: I think that's the key thing this time is that he has genuinely been away for ages. So um, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Um, not often I'm optimistic about this sort of thing, but yeah, it's got a puzzle in a box. Yeah, bird in a box. I'm sold. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. You can, listen, look,
0: I mean, mock as much as you like. Don't let's not forget that Martin Giannetti once ascended to the heavens as the Undertaker, you know, and the Undertaker became the Undertaker. I'm not saying that Bray Wyatt's going to become the Undertaker. What I'm saying is that when the talent is, the performer is talented enough, and I think Bray Wyatt is because anybody else would would have been fed to the lions long before now and not lasted half as long as Bray Wyatt did with the shit that they've given him. It's all relative in terms of the material he's been given. You know, Bray Wyatt can make things work well, and he—I'm sure he will make things work well. And yeah, it's a—it's a buzzard puppet in a box, and it's in a <laughs> Sister Abigail doll, and it's got all the subtlety of Vince McMahon's creativity. But it's—it's it's all dependent on on you know when he comes back and what he does. I and mean, the the gimmick in and of itself is by no means—I uh, know you may disagree with me, so, but I don't think that it's inherently broken or, or unworkable or anything of the sort. But I am of the belief that. As I, you know, as 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 we always say, you've got to learn from history. And everyone rushed to that Undertaker comparison for a reason, and the supernatural edge, all the rest of it. The Undertaker didn't become the Undertaker until he turned babyface. And as you've just said, Mav, he's been away long enough. I think you could get away with it cold turkey. You throw him in there against some some a few heels. You have him get the last laugh. You have him win some matches and get the better of some feuds. And before you know it, Bray Wyatt's back to. To the to the top, unless of course the whole fourth pillar in in this generation is cursed because Kevin Owens kind of ended up going the same way as Bray Wyatt when he began to occupy that spot. Um, but with Ambrose leaving, you know that opens up a certain space on the roster, so we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. It's a it's a, it's a wait and see um, thing, as always. Um, maybe we'll get a fake Bray Wyatt uh, angle as well. Purple gloves, Bray just, Wyatt I, against I, I, um
0: I just want another half turn match.
2: I mean, maybe fake Bray Wyatt v Bray Wyatt with Ted Jr. as the manager of one of them. Hey, look, it's all it's all lining up. Anyway, right. <laughs> uh, stuff, not, that's, that's enough nonsense from us. Um, yeah. So, Superstar Shake-Up, um, hope uh, you enjoyed our thoughts on that. Um, we'll be back next week, of course. In the meantime, go listen to all of the other LOP Radio shows. Uh, we're going to have Doc on a Sunday. We're going to have uh, Zaman on a Monday will have uh, global impact on Tuesday along with One Nation Radio Wednesday will be Plan with SCID Thursday will be Imp with The Perfect 10 and of course like we said we are back here on Friday so until then um, from myself and Plan and Mazza we'll see you later on
0: Bye Bye